In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel of today is from St. Luke chapter 14, and this Gospel has a prophetic meaning, and then we'll speak about its spiritual meaning. The prophetic meaning, as we know, our Lord Jesus Christ came to his own, came to Israel, but his own rejected him. They did not believe in him. In the first commission, the Lord instructed the disciples, don't go except to the lost sheep of Israel. And he instructed them clearly, don't go to the way of the Gentiles. So the message first was to Israel. But when Israel rejected him, then the Lord sent the disciples and all of us to the whole world, to the Gentiles and to the rest of the world. As he said before his ascension, go and preach the gospel to the whole world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So in this gospel, those who were invited first represent Israel. And when they rejected the invitation, then actually the Lord asked his servant to go to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the maimed, the lame, and blind. These people represent the Gentiles. Gentiles mean the non-Jewish people. Why these people represent the Gentiles? Because the poor here means they were poor in, in knowledge, poor in knowledge of God, poor in virtues. They, don't, they are not rich in the word of God or in virtues. Blind because they could not see the truth. Lame because they cannot walk in the way of God. Uh, so the, these people represent the Gentiles. And actually, when they said to the master, we, we invited them, but still there is room, the word is still there is room, give us hope that for each one of us, there is a place in heaven. God actually came to prepare a place for each single person. The invitation is for everybody, for every person from the time of Adam until the end of the ages. So these people actually who will not go to heaven, it's simply because they rejected the invitation. God inviting everybody, if you accept the invitation, then you will be in his supper in the kingdom of heaven. But if you reject the invitation of God, this person will not go to heaven simply because they rejected the invitation. So this actually the prophetic meaning of this parable. But let us think about the, its spiritual meaning. What is the message that God wants to give to us here? If you hear here, uh, if you, you hear why these people rejected 
the invitation. The first one said, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. The second one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. The third one said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So, what is the common factor among these three people? Busy. They are busy. And many of us, if we examine ourselves carefully, why we don't pray morning, evening, and night? We don't have time. We are busy. Why we read, don't read the Bible and study the Bible? Many of us, we say, because we are busy. Why you don't come to church regularly? Because you are busy. Why you don't use your talent to serve? Because you are busy. And many of us believe that being busy is an acceptable excuse before God. Sometimes we say, God knows that I am busy. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to do visitation if I'm Sunday school servant. God knows I don't have time to study the Bible. I don't have time to go and visit the sick. I don't have time to help others. I am busy, I am busy, I am busy. And we feel that this is an acceptable excuse before God. But here the Lord is teaching us that busyness is not an acceptable excuse. These people simply said to God, they did not tell him, we don't like you, or we don't believe you, or we reject you to be a master over us. They did not say this. But they said just, we are busy. We are busy either with our work, with our family, with our commitment to the world. So they are busy. And here, with the end of the Coptic year and the beginning of New Year, we need actually to think how we deal with our time. Time has to be redeemed, as we read in the letter of St. Paul to Ephesians chapter 5, redeeming the time for the days are evil. We need to redeem the time. Redeeming the time, the concept of redemption means what you are going to compromise in order to save time. So we need to look at our agenda, our calendar again, and see what we should compromise in order to save time for our relationship with God. That is the concept of redeeming the time because the days are evil. Some of us, they give God a second place priority and they do multitasking with God. For example, I will pray in the morning while I'm driving my car going to the work. I will listen to the Bible while I'm doing any task. So just, yes, I will pray, I will read, but I'm doing it as a multitasking, not giving God my undivided attention. Definitely it is good to pray all the time. Definitely it's good to listen to sermon or to the word of God 
while you are working other uh, things. But in your schedule, you need to give some time dedicated completely to God, in which actually you give to God your total undivided attention. You cannot just have all your relationship with God as a multitasking, doing another activity and God comes second place to this activity. You will be distracted, you cannot focus on uh, your prayer, you cannot focus on the Word of God. Definitely you are doing it to comfort your conscience and that's it. But you will not benefit from it. Or the benefit from it will be minimum, not as much as we give to God certain time every day in which uh, we, we, we have our undivided attention with God. So that is the first lesson from the parable. And the second spiritual lesson is excuses. Excuses. Uh, we read here that he, the master sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses, to make excuses, which means maybe they can have time for God. They are not really busy. They are not really busy. But just saying I am busy, it is an excuse. And many times actually, when we examine ourselves and we see our shortcomings, we have an excuse. I have an excuse why I am angry, why I lose my temper. I have excuse why I don't say the truth. I have excuses why I behaved in a certain way. I have an excuse why I come to the church late. I have excuse why I, I, I don't prepare the lesson of Sunday school except at the last moment, etc. We have excuses. You know, excuses, maybe you can persuade others with your excuses, but you cannot actually deceive God. You cannot mock God as St. Paul said. God is not mocked. So we need to be honest with ourselves. Don't try to justify your action by excuses. God knows the secret of your heart. He searches the heart and reigns. Yes, excuses can actually convince others and silence others, but with God you cannot. Because, because God knows the secret of my heart. These people, God knew that they were just making excuses. They were not really busy. If they want to make time for God, they could, but just as they didn't want. That's why they were making excuses. When God actually called Moses to get Israel out of Egypt, you read this in the book of Exodus. When God, Moses actually was not willing to be the leader of the Exodus. This was in his heart. He didn't want this assignment from God. 
So he started to give, to give excuses. First he told him, I am heavy in my tongue. Who am I to go and speak to Pharaoh? So God told him, who creates a tongue or make the man speech? Isn't it I, God? So God actually gave him answer, who started to think about other excuse. He said, when I say to the people that God said to me, they will ask me what's his name. So God told him, my name is Ahya, uh, means Jehovah, uh, the being who exists. Then he told him, the people will not believe me. Then the Lord gave him miracles to make the people believe him. So when Moses ran out of excuses, he told him, you know what? Send anybody else. I'm not going. And God was angry at Moses. Many times, the idea of excuses, you know, how we use excuses in order to reach a certain goal, frustrate God and make God angry with us. Uh, His Holiness Pope Shenouda used to say some people, they find a problem to every solution. So you give them solution, but they will find a problem. Give them another solution, they will find a problem. Give them another solution, find a problem. And some people, they will find a solution for every problem. When you tell them any issue, they tell you, yeah, here is a solution. So some people, when they don't want to do something, they will bring to you all the excuses in the whole world. Um, even in, in counseling, when we meet with families, we, we, we say, for example, if parents complaining uh, from their children, we tell them, try this. I tried and did not work. Try this. No, this doesn't work. Try this. No. So everything, actually, you tell them, they will find excuse for it. These people are not cooperative. These people are not helpful. There is hidden agenda inside their heart. As Moses had hidden agenda, he did, want, he did not want to get this assignment. But instead of saying it clearly, I don't want to be the leader of Exodus, he tried to find excuses. And sometimes, although we are making up these excuses, but we become so convinced with our excuses as if they become reality to us and true to us. You need actually to be careful lest uh, some of us may lie and then we believe our lies at the end. Some people at the end, they will say, why God actually uh, did not understand uh, that these people have excuses uh, and, and they are busy? We know that God is a loving God, and God is a merciful God. Why he said uh, none of those men who were, invite, who were invited shall taste my supper? Why God said none of them will taste my supper? Uh, always we hear about the kindness and the mercies of God. But I want to tell you that all the attributes of God are perfect. 
We cannot speak about the mercy and kindness of God without speaking about His justice. He's a just God and He is a merciful God. And justice and mercy never contradict with God, but they complement one another. His mercy appeared that He invited them freely to partake of His supper. They invited them to come and be guests at his table. Who, who deserve among us to be the guest of the Lord? Who deserve to come and partake of the Eucharist from his body and his blood? So that's his mercy. That's his mercy. That's his compassion. He kindness. He invited all of us to his supper to partake of his body and his blood and to be one with him. That's his mercy. But on the other hand, if we reject him, and if have excuses, and we don't want to be united with him, then actually when God says, none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper, we cannot blame God for this. We cannot blame him. Because as he is a merciful God, he is a just God. God invite each one of us take eat this is my body take drink this is my blood he inviting everyone in the world to come and partake and be one with him but some people they because they don't want to be one with him or because the love of the world love of money love of pleasure whatever reason they are busy they don't have time for god and then they will do like the five foolish virgins. When they come, it is going to be too late. The door would be shut. And they will say, Lord, Lord, open for us. But it is too late. So when the Lord says to them, truly, I do not know you. Or you cannot enter into my kingdom. Or none of them will taste my supper. We should not actually blame God for this. We need to understand, yes, God is merciful, but also as well, God is just. Uh, the church actually, this reading of today, although today we celebrate, as you heard in the Synexerium, Malachi, and there is reading for uh, the prophets. There is a special reading from Tut 8, when we celebrate one of the prophets. But the church put this reading for the 30th day of Misra, of Misra, although we are celebrating one of the prophets, because this reading actually befits the ending of the year and the beginning of a new year. The church wants us to examine ourselves. God is inviting us to be one with him. Are you going to turn this invitation down or are you going to accept this invitation? God is asking each one of us today, come partake of my body and my blood. Come be one with me. Come eat in order to abide in me and I abide in you and you will have inheritance in the kingdom of God. Are we going to accept this invitation joyfully or we are going to turn this invitation down 
and we will find all these excuses not to partake of his body and of his blood. May the Lord enlighten our heart and our mind and our souls in order to accept his calling, accept his invitation, and come to him with a repentant heart, come to him with humbleness, seeking his glory, seeking his mercy, seeking the richness of his love. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.